I'm Jane Leader, and you're listening to Older Women and Friends. You know, we older women have a lot to say about love, grief, loss, and resilience. We're more comfortable speaking our truth. We've been good scouts and earned our badges, and now it's time to change the perception that the gig is just about up, when in truth, the second wave of the gig has just begun. We are the matriarchs, the women at the top of the food chain, and we've been given the precious gift of passing along the wisdom that we fought so hard for. So let's build a community of older women, women who are strong, self-fulfilled, and a hell of a lot of fun. Through the wonders of technology, Jan Malik joins me today from Scotland. She created Fitness for Older Women in 2017 when she found it impossible to find a physical trainer who knew how to work with older women. So what did she do? Well, she became a physical trainer herself, and she is now the United Kingdom's number one fitness expert for older women. And she works with clients in the UK, the US, Canada, and Australia. Her goal, her mission is to train 100,000 older women so that they can live healthy, happy, and productive lives. Welcome, Jan. Thank you so much, Jane. It's great to be here. Well, you have a wonderful, I don't know how wonderful it is, but it's a very moving story about how you got to the point where you decided to become a personal trainer. Can you tell our listeners about your personal story? Well, I think when I got to my 50s, I had never been one of these fitness people at all. You know, I mean, my job had always been desk based and whatnot, you know, and I really was not into fitness at all. And then it was when I was actually when I was 52, it suddenly occurred to me, hang on here. Both your parents, Jan, died in their 50s. Do you really want to be in the same boat? The thing was that their lifestyle just was not good at all. They drank too much. They smoked too much. And in fact, um, my father died when he was 54, 55, throat cancer because of his alcohol and his smoking. And then my mom died uh, at 59. Again, it was through a heart attack and hypothermia, again, because of the drinking and the smoking. So I thought, hold on, Jan, I'm now 52. So, you know, do you really want to just live for another three years? And I thought, no. And that meant it's going to have to be drastic action. That's it. So I stopped smoking, stopped drinking. And the thing was that I started being in my 50s. I also, because I'd stopped drinking and smoking, I started putting on weight. Yeah. And then as I was getting you know, in my late 50s, I thought, Jan, you know, you, you know, that's all right. You don't drink and smoke, but you're putting on the pounds. You know, let's get to get you fit. So as I say, I wasn't a person to, to try and even get fit. And what I did was I joined a gym, but not to join the gym as a person to attend the gym. I decided to become a volunteer to help out with their Aging Well project. And I thought, well, if I, so basically what you've got there is you've got a commitment you've made to somebody, you know. 
And do you know what? I thought, you know, because I don't have any gym experience or anything like that, but I've got loads of IT experience and things like that. So I thought, oh, I'll be, you know, running, doing admin or even making tea and coffee, you know, for these older people. And uh, when I met the girl, she said, you know what, Jan, how about we train you to be a seated exercise instructor? And I thought, oh, I could do that. Now, the thing is, this was for women who were definitely frail. You know, they were in their 80s, their 90s. They really weren't mobile at all. Um, and I thought, this is a great idea. So I did that for, oh, about a year, where I actually went out to various, you know, homes and whatnot, and I, I taught this. But it was honest. I mean, I was doing it as a volunteer, you know, and I thought, hold on, I bet there's money I can make in this. <laughs> Was it so, chair? Were you doing chair? It was exercises? chair, yes. Yeah. Seated exercise, yes, yes. So um, the only problem with seated exercise is that you really can't train anybody regards their balance because they're already seated. And the thing is, falls prevention and all the rest of it, it's extremely important to teach them to get strong legs and all the rest of it. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to become a fitness instructor. So that's and that allowed me to sort of get away from the seated exercise and I could actually work in gyms. So I started this um, gym instructor, which was great. And then somebody said to me, Jan, I think you could become a personal trainer. So they had actually thrown down the gauntlet to me. <laughs> and I thought, yes, let's do that. So I was 61 at the time, and I'm training to be a personal trainer. And, you know, you have to be relatively fit to be a personal trainer. So, and I thought this was getting me fit at the same time. And then what I did was, because I was dealing with older people, I had to then take further qualifications. Because you can't just be a personal trainer who wants to train older people. You know, insurance purposes and all the rest of it, you have to be correctly qualified. So that's what I did. And I just have not stopped learning and training ever since. <laughs> Fabulous story. I My question is, while you were working with the older people, whether they were no longer mobile or as you were proceeding with your training, what kinds of techniques did you begin to develop that would be particular to older women? In other words, if I'm 77, I'm not going to be able to do what women in their 40s, even 50s are doing. So what were some of the things that you saw that perhaps were being done incorrectly or things right. well, on which you wanted to improve? We'll, um, we'll not go into the chair exercises because obviously you're very, very limited as to what you can do. But let me talk about when I was actually personally training older women um, in the gym and whatnot. Now, the thing is, if you get a younger personal trainer, they are expected you to be able to jump, you know, two feet up in the air and things like that. They think that your balance is perfect. You don't have any problems with balance. And you know what? It's just because they are not older women themselves. They cannot experience what we older women feel. They are not familiar with, you know, waking up with aches and pains and whatnot in the morning, you know. 
really, it was a case of being able to put myself in their shoes. That was the important thing. Yeah. And of course, the thing is, because being a personal trainer, you're dealing with people one on one. Every single person is different. So you had to sort of assess, right, okay, do I get Susan to do jumping jacks? Or do I get her to do something that's a bit easier? You know, because, I mean, the thing is, with older women, there's a huge range of fitness levels. But what I find with all my clients is you start at the beginning and you progress and you progress and you progress. It gets harder and harder. And the more unfit they are, the quicker they become fit. That's the good thing. So at this point in your life, were you already fit? I've seen photos of you on your website and you look fabulous. How old are you now? 66. Okay. All right. We won't tell anybody. So as a 66-year-old, <laughs> a I wish you could see her. She has a wonderful photo on her homepage and she's wearing, I'll call it a pink fuchsia two number deal a top and a bottom and she's wearing that's right tennis shoes with ties shoestrings that match the outfit and she <laughs> is standing with her arms outstretched as far as they can go with perfect posture and it looks like she's either at least balancing on her toes or for all i know she's in the middle of a jump Jane, I was in the middle of a jump. I was actually jumping. Yes, yes. So I, I took one look at that and said, yeah, if I were in uh, Great Britain, that might be something I'd like to try. So I'm, I, you know, <laughs> at some point we'll have video along with this podcast, but for now you're going to have to depend upon my descriptions. So tell me, I come to you I'm in my early 60s. I'm a couch mm -hmm. potato. I haven't done okay. any exercise. I'm not explaining myself, by the way. I'm just, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm fit and I'm 77. I am trying to imagine a scenario where someone comes to you in pretty much the same shape that you started in. So yeah, what are yeah, you going to yeah. talk to me about? How are you even going to encourage me to get involved in a program and stick with it? Well, I'll tell you a story. My current, one of my current clients, she's 69, all right? And it was actually her son who approached me. He was living in Australia. He still lives in Australia. And his mom lives in Edinburgh, just, you know, in Scotland. And he approached me saying, do you know, my mom came for a holiday to Australia and I could not believe the amount of weight that she had put on. And, you know, she was really she was really struggling. Yeah. Fitness wise and whatnot. And he said, can you do something for my mother? And I said, of course, I can do something for your mother. But will your mother want something done with her? This is the thing. So there was a bit of toing and froing and whatnot. And uh, he came back to me and I said, he said, I think she's bought into the idea. I think she's bought into the idea. 
And before I knew it, she had actually requested to be a friend of mine on Facebook. And I thought, the deal is done. That's great. I mean, the thing is, I'm a mobile personal trainer. In other words, I actually travel to the person's home and we do workouts in their own home. So it means then they're not sort of worried about what do other people think of them at the gym and things like that, you know. And again, we just start off slowly. I don't start with weights, for instance. I start with a rolling pin, <laughs> you know, oh. just so that they can get into the way of, you know, doing particular exercises. Because the most important thing is form. You want to make sure that what you're doing, you're getting the most out of it. So there's no point in introducing weight or anything like that at that point. So once you get the form correct, you then introduce the weights. So what if someone comes to you and they are motivated, but they have a chronic, let's say, knee or back problem? Right. Okay. Again, this is another qualification that I have is in long-term conditions. All right. So even if they have an artificial leg, I am qualified to train them. Wow. <laughs> Everybody is an individual. And I must obviously watch them. I have to assess them. And our first meeting is probably the most important meeting because I need to be able to see what they can actually do. Yeah. And there's plenty, you know, because you're, you've got some sort of disability or a long-term condition, it doesn't mean you can't exercise. Everything can be adapted according to the condition that they have. <laughs> I'm, I'm just giggling because I know there's so many fitness programs out there, I couldn't even begin to start listing them. But as you said, it's very important to have this one-on-one -on -one relationship and to be able to see a person. What did you do during the pandemic? The thing was that obviously the gyms had all shut. I wasn't allowed to visit people's homes. So what I did was I created some online programs and I had women buy those programs, if you like, which lasted about 15, 16 weeks. So what they would do is follow the actual um, nutrition guidelines, follow the actual workouts. I would phone them up every week just to assess, you know, what they were doing, because it's the accountability. It's not me standing over them counting to 10. That's the important thing. The important thing is I can check up on them and they can say whether they've done what I've asked them to do or not. So that's certainly one tip that you can offer. Um, what are some of the other ones that are really important uh, from your point of view as a trainer and from a trainee's point of view? You need absolute honesty between the two of you. If you say you've done your workout, I expect you to have done your workout. But the thing is, again, I mean, there's things like Really, to see results, you need to do this consistently. That's it. You know, so I would be looking for somebody doing their program at least two or three times a week. Now, 40 minutes per session isn't a long time when you think of what the benefits and what it's going to prevent, you know, the illnesses, diseases and whatnot as you get older. So a couple of hours a week, just dedicate it to that. Yes. And you, you can check up on them, right? So there's no... there's. Oh, no I can check up, yeah. I can escape. It's like, okay, <laughs> I better do this because Jan is going to be calling me or I'm going to have to walk in next week. 
not looking as if I'm any fitter than I was the yes, week yes. before. What are some of the strategies that you use to keep people interested and to keep them keeping on? Well, the thing is that once they've started, what they will very quickly feel so much fitter. This is the important thing. And this is what keeps you going on. I mean, I've had clients who said, you know what? My wrists have always been really, really weak. I tell you, they're all strong now. And they didn't even realize that they were being strengthened. So they're on it every day or every week or whatever. They're seeing major improvements, you know, to their health to their fitness and that is what keeps them going it's not me who keeps them going it's them so you mentioned balance a while back when we were talking about Mm -hmm, older mm -hmm. women who were in wheelchairs excuse me or were not able to stand i know that as a 77 year old i never thought that i'd have an issue with balance but i do and I'm yeah, assuming yeah. that I'm not unique. So what are some definitely things, not. <laughs> no, I know. What <laughs> what are some of the things that older women can do to improve their balance? Okay. I mean the thing is it's it is one of these natural things about growing older. Your balance does start to go. So you know, let's go for the usual, let's go for the, the time tested standing on one foot test. You know, let's see how, no, oh, we stand next to a kitchen counter or a chair or whatever, and actually see how long you can do that for each leg. And the thing is, the more you practice that, your balance will improve. And of course, then it can go from, you know, I'm standing on one leg, can I juggle a ball? You know, things like that. And it's really just, and it's getting your focus and your concentration really up to speed. And it's amazing how quickly that can work. Yeah. What about nutrition? I know that you, Mm -hmm. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but you also have some training in nutrition. Is that correct? Yes, yes. I'm an advanced clinical weight loss practitioner. Uh Oh, look out, look out. (laughs) So the thing is that there is so much rubbish out there. You know, they talk about, oh, you have to do this, you have to do that. And you know what? If you just have a teaspoon of this every morning, the melt, you know, the fat will melt off you. Well, obviously that doesn't happen. I'm afraid that people have to just sort of really start eating healthy food. That's the thing. Now, protein is absolutely crucial because obviously losing weight, you don't want to be losing muscle. With my programs, you're doing strength exercises. So you need to build up your muscles and keep them built up. Um, And actually protein uses up a lot of calories just in the digestion process. So it's by far the best thing to go for. But don't cut out carbs. Don't cut out fat, all the rest of it. High protein, 25% of your diet should be fat, and the rest should be carbs. You should have told that to my mother when when I would open, (laughs) open the freezer and I would see ice cream and all these delicious things, but it said something like fat free. And, you know, oh, yes, Bruce, yes. and actually it was working in the opposite direction. I was about to say, Jane, I think this is one of the, the reasons why we've got this epidemic or 
whatever you want to call it, pandemic or whatever, about obesity is that we approached it totally in the wrong way. We said it was fat that was the the crim, you know, the, the bad guy. And then, of course, we were eating as much sugar as we wanted, you know, and then it's been discovered it, it's the other way around. Yeah. What about the pull of gravity? I know you talked about the fact that you are working to build muscle and the importance of eating a significant amount of protein to help prevent mm -hmm. that. But isn't there just the pull of downward gravity as we get older? And is that something that we just need to accept as part of the journey? Right. So you reckon everything's going south, you mean? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. Okay. I mean, if you're building up muscle and whatnot, that's making you lean and you won't be, you know, doing that. Yeah. I don't know. I, there are times when I'm not sure I subscribe to that, but I'm, I'm, I'm working <laughs> on it. Let's, let's put it that way. What tools do people need? Do we need to go to a gym or do we need to hire a personal trainer or are there things that you can recommend to older women that they can start doing in the privacy of their old homes? Well, I would always advocate home exercise programs, always, because you don't have the cost of going to the gym. You don't have the excuse, oh, I don't want to go out today, or it's not a case of, oh, I don't want all these people looking at me. So therefore, do it in your own home. Now, there are plenty of things, cans of soup, all the rest of it, that all can be used as weights. Fill up water bottles with water. That's weights for you. You just need to be a bit creative if you like, you know, but there's absolutely no reason for anybody to have to go to the gym. Now, hiring a personal trainer, if you want to see results, I would definitely advocate that because it's just too easy not to do what you want to do. You know, you might be full of good intentions, but there's no accountability. How has getting fit affected you, not only physically, but emotionally, psychologically, whatever term you want to use? Well, I mean, mentally, emotionally, I mean, far less stress for a start. Yeah. And you actually feel good about yourself because, you know, wow, look what I'm achieving, you know, so physically yes i'm definitely much better physically but yes you just have a far better outlook on life you have a brighter more positive attitude or at least that's certainly what happens with me yes you get all that serotonin and all that good stuff right well exactly yes yes get those those good feelings can you give me um maybe a quick case history of one of your star students how she came into the program, what she may have looked like, perhaps her age, and where she is now. Um, right now, I've got several people I can even. <laughs> I've got several people I can think of, but I think probably the one that I talked about, where the son from Australia had con, con you know, contacted me, and um, the thing is that girl. Well, she's sixty nine now, but she used to be a runner. You know, so it's not like she wasn't doing exercise in her previous sort of life, if you like, you know. But I mean, when I saw her, first of all, she very, very overweight, 
very overweight. And she was eating a lot of things like pasta and whatnot, which was just automatically putting on, piling on these pounds and whatnot. And really, she just had to be more mindful of what she was eating. You know, that was the thing. And she said to me, do you know, Jan, I can do what you're recommending, but I can't stop drinking wine. I said, you're fine. You don't need to stop drinking wine. That's fine. And she continues to drink wine. She continues to lose weight. She's losing about 10 pounds every single month. And as I say, I mean, I've been working with her, what, four months now? That's 40 pounds she's lost. It's amazing. And the thing is, as I say, her, her wrists are stronger. She even she even talked about being able to put on her engagement ring, which she couldn't do for the last 20 years. So it's all just little changes that, you know, make such a huge difference. You mentioned mindfulness, and I'm just curious, do you make an attempt to, in some ways, teach mindfulness? Or is it more from instructional advice, which is, you know, pay attention, etc.? Do you have any breathing exercises, for example, that you incorporate? Um, not really, but it's more mindfulness awareness of what you're actually doing. That's the important thing. You know, for instance, don't be sitting at TV eating chips or whatever, because you're not acknowledging what you're even eating. So in a way, it is it is mindfulness in that, you know, you're taking a bite of food and you're thinking about what you're eating and things like that, you know, but I don't I'm, I don't do meditation or anything like that. Although I do hypnosis. Oh, what? Yes, yes. So I help people if they feel, you know, stressed or they need help with motivation, basically, you know, so I'll have sort of short 10, 15 minute hypnosis sessions where they can um, basically every day they just listen to it. And I've had people saying, oh, Jan, your voice is so amazing. It just, you know, lets me float off, you know, into a nice calm state. So when you talk about hypnosis, so you're not standing there um, swinging a watch back and forth. (laughs) No, no, they're listening to a recording, all right? So they're either lying or sitting down, you know, in a nice quiet place with their eyes closed and they can just drift off to that um, hypnosis, yes. So that really, yeah, it sounds like meditation is maybe, you know, how... It is, yes, it is, yes. So where do things stand with you right now? Are you planning on continuing this profession of yours, uh, you know, for another year, as, as long as you can? What, what are your goals? Well, I tell you, every 10 years I change my career. <laughs> and it's always now that, well, 62, I became a personal trainer proper, right? So in effect, when I'm 72, I'm going to have to be changing it again, but no idea what it's going to be, you know. And when you say you change every 10 years, and you mentioned initially that you were in a job where you were basically sitting all day. So what yes, have yes. been your different, your different uh, professions when you've changed? Well, what as I say, it's always when uh, a year ending with the two, right? So when I was 22, okay, I became a civil servant. When I was 32, I became a mother. When I was 42, I became a an IT specialist. 
which obviously needed a lot of training. And um, when I was 52, that's when I did my uh, hypnotherapy and NLP and 62 personal training. Wow, how much fun. And I think maybe the last thing, what do your kids think about what you've done? What do they think about their mother and her transformation and now her, what are we saying? She's into your, I can't even do math. You're going to have to change like <laughs> another couple of years or whatever. But another, yeah. uh, yes. How old are your kids? 32 and 34. And so what do they think of their mom? Oh, they think, I mean, actually, my daughter is probably more proud than my son, but she she is so proud. And I actually go to the gym with her. And I'm actually fitter than she is, you know. So, but I'm sure you're motivating <laughs> her to not only equal oh, your yes. fitness, but to, to excel and move beyond. If people want to reach you, um, what's the best way to do that, particularly for women here in the United States? Certainly, if you go to my website, janmalach.com, or you can actually email me directly at jan at janmalach.com. Um, but there is my um, Facebook group as well, which is Weight Loss and Fitness for Professional Older Women, and they can certainly join there. All right. Fantastic. I'm so glad to have had this time to talk to you. I wish you could see her. She's just smiling and <laughs> bundle of energy. And I think I see maybe hills in the background. Well, it's, it's a mural. It's a mural. Oh, it's a mural. In the background. <laughs> yes. So it's, uh, I think it's a mural of Canyonlands. Yes. yes. Oh, that's hysterical. Anyway, thank you so much. <laughs> it was terrific talking to you. Well, you're more than welcome, Jane. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Older Women and Friends. And speaking of friends, please tell yours. And if you're interested in reaching me with comments or suggestions, you can do that by emailing me at olderwomenandfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can check out my blog at 70andme.com, and that's 70, the letter N, me, 70andme.com. Until next time.